0: too big dating energy that song just gets better and better are are you like me where like you hear that song you're just like i want the full song now just give me the whole entire song i want to play it on repeat on my phone because that's how i feel if you want you can go tell vicky you can find her at vicky t on instagram she wrote the song she's an amazing artist and i just cannot play that song enough Big dating energy. We can all sing along. It's super catchy and very hooky. And today I'm talking to Katie Thurston. Do you know who Katie is? I asked Katie to come onto my podcast because I'm a big fan. She was on The Bachelor, she was the bachelorette. She was just recently on F Boy Island. Uh, because I wanted to be like, what is it like to be on love dating reality shows, right? Like, she's been on three now. What the fuck is going on? Like, how much do the producers influence it? Uh, if you could, like, change a rule, a requirement on Bachelor or F-Boy, what would it be? Why would it be that? How, how much drinking is going on? How late are you all staying up? Because it seems like... And what is... What's the... What are the producers, like, telling you to do in order to, like, really give this a chance and a shot? And is it, is it a good way to date, to, to find people, to, to find the love of your life? I want to know. I asked her, like, 20 different questions of what it's like to be on a dating reality show. I also asked her – so she chose – I'm not going to do a spoiler – In this intro, but she chose a boy on F Boy Island. Uh, You can go watch F Boy Island on the WB or stream it on their app. Uh, She chose a boy at the end, and I was like, How's that going? And I just sort of stumbled into like, I got the scoop. I got the scoop on what the relationship has been like since the show, and I think that you all uh, want to know. I think. And and so we talk about that for a while. But it's also mostly about just sort of like being a, a love dating reality star. Uh, Katie is in San Diego right now. She'll be moving to L.A. very soon. She's a stand-up comedian. She is so sweet and so smart and so fun and so easy to talk to. I think that you're going to really enjoy this episode. Just to kind of like be a fly on the wall of like what it's like to be in these love dating reality shows. Especially Bachelor. I'm so... I've watched... 20 to 25 seasons of The Bachelor, and I can take it from me, that show is incredibly fucking boring. It is a two-hour show that should maybe be like a 35-minute episode, right? But you know what? Pull up, you know, watch it with your best friends. Watch it with a group of people, and it's it's very... It can be more watchable (laughs) if you're watching with a bunch of people. But Katie Thurston's season was the most watchable, and I'm not just, like, saying that, just to, like... Tell you how much I love Katie. It's just that she was actually like, she was incredibly vulnerable. She was very honest. She made what I thought were some like good decisions. She's very sex positive. She feels like one of the more progressive women that have ever been on the show. Yeah. And she's a cutie. So I think that you're gonna have a wonderful time listening to this episode because I had a really good time creating it. And uh just so you know, if you are listening to this podcast and you're like, I love this guy. I love Therapy Jeff, and I w- wish that he wrote a book named the same thing as his podcast. Oh my God, you're in luck! You can go to TherapyJeff.com right now and pre-order Big Dating Energy. It comes out July 9th. I know that's a while away, but you should you should do things you should do things early. You should like tick things off your to-do list as early as you possibly can. Why wait until July 9th and get it? Why just why not just get it right now? You should just, You should do that while you 're listening to this podcast, and you can um, purchase the audiobook if you want because it 's moi reading it, so that 's going to be fun for you if you like this podcast then you 'll love the audiobook with me talking for i don 't know how long it 's going to be eight to ten hours i 'm guessing i haven 't recorded it yet. Uh, but it's gonna be great. I can guarantee that. I'm a really good reader. I've become a really good reader. All my therapy Jeff videos is me reading. It's just I write the scripts and then I I play the the scripts on the teleprompter app that I place right behind my phone and I read it. And you're like, oh my god, I had no idea you're reading. That's how good of a reader I am. Anyways, <laughs> if you want to up your reading skills, you should preorder the Big Dating Energy book. Or you can just listen to this podcast. Also, you could just like review this podcast and give me five stars. I would love it if you did. That's super helpful. You can do that right now while I'm chatting with you. Okay. Here is my interview with Katie Thurston. You're going to love it. Hello, Katie. Hello. Hi. Nice to meet you. Actually, you, uh, I, I first was introduced to, like most people in America, on um, The Bachelor. Uh, and it was one of those, it was like a weird season because it was like a pandemic season, right?
1: Yeah. Pandemic season. We had a new host at some point. Everything was changing. We're all just locked up. Yeah. Crazy times.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, that must have been kind of like weird and unexpected. Do you feel like you like handled that pretty well?
1: You know, if there was any way to spend a pandemic, it was a great way to kill some time doing uh, some reality TV back to back.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So I want to talk to you about like your experience in like on reality television, like the love reality television shows um, and just sort of like how you've handled it on your own and uh, how everything's going since. So. Can you tell me a little bit about like what inspired you to um, try to get onto The Bachelor?
1: I was always a fan of the show. Uh, and so it was never like, oh, I really need to do this. But I was 29 at the time and I figured like I was aging out a little bit <laughs> because I always felt that I was probably too old for TV. Sure. And <laughs> I was like, well, it's the pandemic. You know, what else am I doing? So I kind of applied on a whim, not expecting to get a call and then there was one interview, two interviews, three, and every time I was like they're not going to call me back. And then they kept calling back and I was like I think this is going to happen. Huh. So, it was kind of like a like a random mistake, not mistake, that's the <laughs> wrong word. <laughs> but it wasn't like a it was just like, oh, let's just see what happens and then it just it happened.
0: Yeah, so it wasn't planned. It was No, no. Yeah. And were there any – can you remember any of the questions that they asked you during the interview that felt like funny or funky or not expected?
1: The questions are exactly what you would ex- expect. You know, like really? why do you want to find love on TV? Why are you still single? What are you looking for? There's no like trick question to see if you're like good for TV. I think the mm-hmm. bigger part is they want to see how comfortable you are talking about your feelings, how comfortable you are on camera. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we're all there trying to find someone to date, you know. So you got to be comfortable on camera.
0: Yeah. Do they do any sort of like – do you know if they do any sort of like background check? Oh, yeah. Like it's super
1: doing? intense. I mean there's, there's um, background checks. You, you meet with um, a therapist, I believe. or They do like a mental background check, a medical background. Check. They do everything. Oh, so wow. to even make it to the end and be picked, you had to jump through a lot
0: of hoops. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Do they talk to friends or family or exes or anything like that?
1: I do believe my friends got calls. I had, to, I think I had to put some references down as well as my ex-boyfriend's numbers, but I don't think they ever called any of them. Or if they did, my exes never told me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> huh, interesting. So then when you found out that you were on the show, was that like an exciting time for you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, and It all happens very quickly. And mm-hmm. then you're trying to like pl- – plan for like, either you're there for like a day or maybe two months. And that's kind of unsettling, especially for someone like me who is in my career. You know, I had to be like, Hey, I'm leaving. Don't know when I'll be back, but hopefully I still have a job. Mm -hmm. So I was very fortunate enough that my employer allowed me to come back to my job.
0: That's good. Uh, what were your expectations before you got on the show?
1: Um, I thought it was going to be, more fun than it really was. You know, there's a a lot of um, rules to follow and, you know, there's producers involved. So here you want to like play games and have fun with these girls, but that doesn't make great television, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's like the second you start bonding, it's like, we're going to throw a wrench into the plans and then shake things up a little bit.
0: Did that make you frustrated with the producers and what they were doing?
1: I mean, for me especially, I was on, again, the older side compared to the girls. And so sometimes I would get close to somebody and then they would end up not getting a rose that week. And so I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I'm like, well, I don't really know how to bond with some of the younger girls, you know, especially ones who had gone to like a university and were in sororities. I was like, I don't have any fun stories like that with them. And Mm -hmm. so bonding was definitely a little bit of a challenge for me for sure.
0: Yeah, I would imagine. huh? Interesting. This is just sort of, I don't know if you can like answer this question, but I always wonder, this is just for me, how do you all remember the names during a rose ceremony when you're asking people to like accept the rose? Is the the name like written on the stem of the rose? Do you just memorize everybody's name? How does that work?
1: I mean, I will say there's TV magic, so you can fill in Um, the gaps with that. Um, But also that we do have what I like to call like baseball cards with everyone's like name and photo on it, like in the back with our producers. Because, yeah, the first night it's really hard. And I I remember trying to come up with fun names to remember, like Connor the cat, you know, and um, (laughs) Michael the dad, you know, just things to help because it is it is very hard.
0: Yeah. When you were a contestant on the Bachelor season, were you like surprised with the, the feelings that you were uh, started to feel?
1: So I felt, I think, very normal feelings for how little I knew about Matt. Like I think in the real world, I was very much on track with having this crush on Matt, um, our emotions, you know, very, very surface level. However, now knowing what I know, I stood no chance in making it to the end with him because in reality TV dating, you have to be so much quicker and amplified in your emotions. And that was one thing I didn't realize during my first round was like, "Oh, I'm I'm on track. This is normal." And it's like, "Yeah, but, you know, he's like falling in love with women. He's just getting right. to know you and we only got, you know, 4 weeks left."
0: Right. Yeah. So how do you how do you do that? Is that does that feel like a decision that you have to make of like I'm going to open up to this experience and just like trust that what my intuition or my lust or my gut is telling me the right thing or how do you not feel sort of like guarded and afraid maybe?
1: I think the, the biggest w- sentence I heard constantly was trust the process, trust the process.
0: Wow, really? And
1: so you really did have to just kind of lean into it. And I remember there were times where I'm like, when will I know, like, when will it hit me? You know, because especially on my season, I stayed very open to a lot of these men, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that was probably, uh, not a great thing. I think, I think it probably works a little bit better. If you focus your limited time on like one or two people, mm-hmm. but I was almost like, too open and was really getting to know a lot of these guys. And it was really sad every time I'd have to let somebody go.
0: Yeah. And I always wonder about what that experience is, like how like heart wrenching or heartbreaking that might actually be for you. Like, is it a, is it a pretty big struggle when you're not giving people roses that you actually have like a connection with or care about at least?
1: Oh, yeah. And I mean, especially when you kind of already have an idea like, okay, tonight I think this person might go home and then they're sitting there confessing their love, the future they see with you, how happy they are. And you know that, you know, within the next two hours, you're going to be sending them home. Like that's a, that's a heavy burden to feel. And I, and I did not enjoy, I'm an empathetic person and there's just too many emotions to be felt during a lead as a bachelorette.
0: Yeah. I feel like there's a ton of responsibility. Um, that you have to carry, I would imagine maybe just sort of because of like society, culture, gender roles that maybe like, if you're a bachelorette, uh, you may, you know, you, you have to kind of like you're tasked maybe with even more responsibility just because like, uh, maybe a bachelor can get away with like being a little bit more cold or masculine, quote-unquote, or something, where, like, uh, a bachelorette might need to be more, uh, like, open emotionally uh, Mm -hmm. about, like, what's the emotional experience of everybody going on? I'm I'm not sure if there's... Do you have any idea of, like... (laughs) (laughs) Who is it more of a burden on, a bachelor or a bachelorette? Like what's the harder season?
1: I mean, I think think women in general carry the show. I think The Bachelor is a more successful of the two because you have 30 women and Mm -hmm. we are very like open with our emotions and we're happy to talk about them. Men oftentimes feel guarded with their emotions and right. you aren't as comfortable sharing their emotions, which is sure as a bachelorette is a harder thing because then essentially I have to carry the show and, and be the quote emotional one or get these guys to open up, mm-hmm. you know? But I, I do think that's why the bachelor tends to do better in the ratings because you have mm-hmm. all these amazing women who are being vulnerable easily, whereas the men kind of open up towards the end a little bit.
0: Right. Yeah. Was, is there like a therapist or a mental health professional on set? During The Bachelor or Bachelorette? There is.
1: Yes. Yes, there yeah. was. And I appreciated that. Um, I know during one of the group dates, I'd opened up about a sexual assault. And mm. after that group date, they, uh, without even my request, uh, had the therapist come and talk to me in person and make sure I was okay and and talked about, you know, are you okay with this being shared on TV? Because sometimes you are like really in the moment, you know, and they just were like, we want to make sure you're okay with this, you know, being part of your story. And I said, absolutely. yeah. Um, but yeah, they do have therapists there.
0: So whenever you need access to a therapist, you can get one if you want. And mm-hmm. yeah. do, does the therapist is the therapist just playing a therapist role? Do they do they kind of play a bit of like a, a producer role or something? Do they like influence you at all? And no, 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 like what no, Choose okay.
1: No, I think they're so disconnected from whatever storylines are happening. Um, I don't even think they would know how to produce even if they were told to. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
0: Yeah, that's good that they can, like, you know, compartmentalize and and, and do their role. Do you – how much, like, in general, how much influence do you feel like the producers have over, like, the love story on Bachelor or Bachelorette?
1: I think they probably play a bigger role than people probably realize just because, you know – You have to remember like, yes, they want you to fall in love, but they're also making a TV show, you know? Mm -hmm. And so early on, there's going to be people who just aren't meant for TV. They might be great people, but they're just not meant for TV. Therefore, they're not going to be totally supported in getting that, maybe that one-on-one day versus the group date, or maybe not even getting to be on the date. I know early Mm -hmm. on there were dates that, um, we just had too many men. And so some of them had to stay home, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, people are like, is it real? I'm like, well, yeah, it's, it's real, but also, like, you're going to fall for the people you have the most time with. Well, mm. who has control over who has the most time?
0: Yeah. Producers. producers <laughs> <right>. <laughs> How many producers are, like, on set uh, helping out?
1: Oh, there's tons. I mean, for, yeah, like, okay. you have your, your own direct team that you're closest with. I had, um, I'd say, like, two, three. But then there's, like, executive producers who are helping out. Then the, the guys' team has, like, I don't even, I couldn't even tell you a ton Mm because there's just so many people and you can't, you know, keep track of all their stories. So it's, it's a big, it's a big team behind the scenes for sure.
0: Are there, is there any time where you feel like you're not like vibing with the direction uh, that the producers are taking? And can you speak up if that's the case?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, my producer and I, which we're, we're friends now, but we, we butted heads a little bit during the filming of the Bachelorette Mm. um, just because there's a different approach to, like, what's authentic to me versus what is authentic to a bachelorette. You know, the bachelorette is more romanticized and, and heavy focus on the love and the engagement. And there was a point in my experience where I just – I didn't even care about the engagement. But they don't want a bachelorette to feel that way. This, that's not the point of the show, you know. Mm-hmm. But you just, you're so defeated towards the end. You're tired. You, mm. You've cried so many times. <sighs> You know, so, yeah, I mean, you you express it and you have to, like, work through your problems with, you know, your producer and stuff. But uh, it's, a, it's a challenging experience for sure. Whereas, like, F-Boy was a little bit more casual uh, and I would say a lot easier to do because it's not as serious. It's not an engagement. There's not this heavy emphasis on love and romance.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about F-Boy a little bit because mm-hmm. F-boy, F-Boy Island, which used to be on Max but then went to CW, Yeah, it feels like – I don't know. It kind of knows what it is. It makes fun of itself a bit, yes. but it's still but it's still a dating show that mm-hmm. it's seemingly like lots of the contestants, I think, or the people, the women that were on your season, like it seems like you're all taking it seriously and having fun at the same time. It seems like it kind of fits your vibe, your brand. Like it, <laughs> it, it, it kind of like, it seems like it connects with who you really are more accurately than maybe the bachelor franchise is that yeah. true
1: oh without a doubt i mean it was it was way less serious way less pressure but also there's an element of it it is a essentially a game show because there's money on the line and mm-hmm. because of that the producers aren't allowed to manipulate as much because it's like federally regulated rules about oh. um impacting the outcome of a winner oh and so re- we really did just get to fully exist as uh, the leads for the women, the the contestants with the men. Um, and it just made it feel like summer camp. You know, whereas again, like with The Bachelorette, there's just like some interference here and there. And and th- sometimes uh, something's thrown in to stir the pot a little bit. So mm-hmm. it, it's just very different.
0: Right. And one of the premises of F-Boy Island is that like, you know, there's uh, 20 or 21 guys or whatever that come on and half of them are like good guys and the other half are F-Boys and – the F boys and the good guys are all trying to get to the end. And if F boy gets to an end then gets to the end, then they potentially get to keep a hundred thousand dollars. Like if one of the three women chooses them or they can decide to split it. But if a good guy gets to an end, then gets to the end then they will split the 50,000 with you or the hundred thousand with you, you'll both get 50,000. And so it's, it's like, it's funny. Like when I'm watching the show, I'm kind of like, Oh, I, I like the game. I, and and the F boys, I'm just like, I wonder if they're going to be able to work their way to the end. But I'm also caring about you and the women that are on there that are like, I mean, again, it, it seems like you're, like you're open to the experience and finding love. But there's also this like game playing money thing. So I sort of like respect the F boys for what they're doing. Yeah. And I want to see them get to the end, but I don't want to see them win. <laughs> Because I'm sort of like rooting for love when it comes down to it. But it feels – I have like all these really conflicting feelings while I'm watching it. Well, if I watch like Bachelor or Bachelorette, like there's one thing happening. There's It's just like love that's going on. There's no like – well, I was going to say there's no money on the line, but maybe there's money – Going on behind the scenes that I that that we have no idea about, right? But it's very like up front with F Boy Island that there is money on the line. Yeah. Uh, with that like money aspect that's going on with F Boy Island, like does that like how much does that fuck with you or influence you? Yeah. Um, do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing or is it a fun thing? What are your thoughts?
1: I mean, I think it makes great television. That's yeah. for sure. You know, and people uh, get to kind of participate with us because they don't know who the F boys are, right. you know, or the nice guys. And so I think that's what makes it fun for the viewers is like, who is it? You know, this season, um, from the top, they showed Jared being an F boy, you know, out loud to the audience. Right. And so then that made it interesting because they're like, they're rooting against him almost, but then maybe some people are like, I just want to see an F boy win. Cause that hasn't technically happened yet. At least where they get to take home the money, mm-hmm. um, so it makes it interesting for viewers as far as for the leads, at least I can speak for myself, it, I didn't think it was going to impact me as much as it did because once you learn one of your strong connections, which mine was Benedict, is an F-boy, you really start to question at what point was he being an F-boy or game playing, like you said, mm-hmm. versus like how much was it him, you know, he chose that title without us meeting yet and then we met and he's like, oh, I actually like her. You just, you really get in your head pretty much the rest of the, the time when you find that out.
0: Right. And there's this sort of thing, right, where it's kind of like, well, maybe Benedict is an F boy, at least started that way. And now possibly he's going to be a reformed F boy that like maybe he's like either like learned his lesson, saw the light, or at least uh, enough so that he'll uh, split the $50,000 with you and leave on like good terms or something. Uh, and apparently he always has his shirt off. Always. And, I mean, if I'm him, I'm probably going to always have my shirt off as well. But I feel like that lent to, like, the F-boy vibe. Was that sort of, like, he led with his sexiness. While, in contrast, Vince, and spoiler alert, we're spoiling things here. uh, Vince, uh, a very good-looking guy but he didn't like lead with his sexiness. I I felt like he led with his heart. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, um, I think
1: I think Benedict's like an entertainer for sure. You mm-hmm. know, I know we talked about him uh and how fit he was. He's like this is, this could be my last time on TV. I want to look like the best that I can. <laughs> And truly, and the man like ate chicken and that was it, you know, like that's how you achieve that apparently, Uh (laughs) you know, but yeah, I think he's just like in his prime and um, enjoying his, his attractive appearance and his, his. Comedy, you know, like he definitely, it didn't surprise me that he came in as an F boy, you know, like he wasn't looking to find somebody serious. And that was how he chose to be an F boy. He's like, well, I'm not looking to settle down, therefore I'm an F boy. And that's the thing, these contestants are choosing nice guy versus F boy with their own idea of what that means to them. Mm -hmm. You know, one Mm -hmm. person hears F boy and they think like screws around with a bunch of women. You know, whereas then you had someone like Benedict who just like wasn't dating at all. Therefore, he's like, I, I'm not looking to be serious. So therefore, I'm an F boy. So that's what makes mm-hmm. it interesting too. Is you know sometimes you get a nice guy who's really a piece of shit, and then you get an <laughs> F boy who has a good heart.
0: You no, know, that's a good point because like Benedict's version of being an F boy uh, was very different than Jared's version of being an F boy. Yes. Right. Uh, and I think that like Benedict to me, felt like he was being really playful and authentic when Jared deliberately was, was talking to the audience almost like in this sort of private way of like, this is my plan. I'm not having any feelings. I'm here for the money. And it got to this point where it's just like, okay, this feels fucking gross. Like yeah. I, I, I hate what he's doing. And I'm like afraid for, what was her name? Danielle. daniela daniela i was like daniela doesn't know that this is going on so i uh, i have my own like emotional like i almost felt (laughs) complicit in knowing and daniela didn't know like dan like they were i don't think the show was doing this on purpose but it almost felt like daniela was like set up to be this clown or something like she was like she didn't even know that she was getting played and the producers were kind of like playing that up I mean, I'm not, like, blaming anybody, but it was just, like, uncomfortable. And then I, like, I wanted to be with Daniela when she finally decides to watch the whole season, just to kind of, like, hold her hand through it or something, or, like, know how she's emotionally reacting. Do you know what her reaction was, like, after she watched the season?
1: from the last time her and I spoke I actually don't even think she finished watching the show really. you know and I don't know if we know what reasons behind that for her own personal choices mm-hmm. but you know um as hard as it is to watch it also is a reflection of real life dating you know everyone has that one friend where you're like what are you doing? And they're like, he'll change for me, or he's a good guy, you know, and it's like, Mm -hmm. everyone sees it, but them. And unfortunately you sometimes have to learn through your own experiences. And luckily, luckily she did not have to learn the hard way at the very end, but you know, like that, that happens to to men and women. We, we date people who everyone else is like, what are you doing? We're like, I see the good in them, you know?
0: Uh, Yeah. And I think it's, it's, that's not uncommon for that sort of thing to play out on bachelor or bachelorette where it seems like you have this and even Daniela was like speaking to it on the show where she was like there's this magnetism towards jared she was saying the whole time i know he's an f-boy like i'm not a fucking idiot like but kind of hoping that maybe he isn't possibly um but saying like this is the type of person that i'm attracted to and it feels toxic red flag sort of chemistry when there's like this other green flag chemistry that she has with What was his name that she chose? I'm forgetting his name. Christian. Yeah. And that was like, that was more of a slow burn. Like it sort of slowly develops, which is like, that's a green flag. There's like possible chemistry that could like really be a good solid match, but it's not as exciting As what, like, F-Boy Jared is presenting. So I think we're all kind of... Yeah, I think it's a good point that, like, this is a reflection of, like, real-time dating. uh, And it's disturbing sometimes that, like, even though we maybe know that we shouldn't make this, like, bad choice and be with this, like, unhealthy match, it's incredibly difficult not to do that. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But you, you chose uh, Vince. I did. And that was very sweet. It was, I thought, like, one of the sweetest parts of the entire season was when you like officially chose him and you said, I love you. And it was like, <laughs> that like, uh, it was, it, I felt like there's this sort of like reality love dating trope almost where like, yeah. so you said earlier, like you shouldn't really like, like you have to kind of open up to the experience, trust the process, allow yeah. your feelings to be really big. And Vince did that right? Yes. <laughs> he very much did that. It, it seemed like he did not hold himself back from doing that whatsoever. And while he's doing that, I, the viewer, I'm scared. <laughs> I think
1: many people were,
0: yeah. Uh-huh. Like, it feels a little cringy. It feels too fast. It feels like great that you're in touch with your feelings, Vince, but like you're you're opening up too quickly and I'm I'm scared that you're going to get hurt. Like I wanted to protect him. I wanted to yeah. like hold him back a little bit. And it seemed like when he really expressed his love for you that it, in the moment it looked like you were surprised. Were you surprised when he said that?
1: I mean, I remember when he first said, I love you, you know, it was uh, we were still filming for a while uh, and I just remember being like, Oh, I hope he wanted to do that. And he wasn't like, you know, encouraged uh-huh. um, because that's the thing. Sometimes people are like, Oh, it's a great idea. And it's like, no, it's not, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. but that's what made it fun is that, you know, that was the moment in my interview. I got to be like, you know, you got to say, it, like, I'm falling for you first. This is reality right. TV one-on-one. So, like, it was fun because we got to play into it because, like you said, F Boy Island recognizes what it is, which is a ridiculous dating show, and we kind of get to poke fun at what happens on these dating shows. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, I will say Vince came off the most authentic during our experience, and that's what drew me to him versus Benedict, who at times I felt like really was hamming it up for the cameras. And for me, that was a turnoff because I'm like, are you here for me? Or are you just here for, like, this good time to, like you said, be shirtless, be funny, you know? And... Um, I wasn't looking for that. I wanted I wanted a connection after the show.
0: Yeah. And did you go into the show being like, uh, there's a good chance that I could find somebody who could be a really good match? Or were you just like, fuck it, I'll have fun and see what happens?
1: I mean, I, I think I had less hope <laughs> for a show called F-Boy Island, you know? <laughs> sure,
0: sure. Um,
1: but I did, you know, weigh out everything. And I was like, well, there's potential to win some money. I get to share this spotlight with two other women. You know, it'll be a fun time. It's It was only a month of filming, you know, so it's like all these reasons to say yes, you know, um, if I found someone great and if I didn't, well, hopefully at least walked away with some amount of money.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, So, I don't know, in your heart or in your head, did you, was like Vince like always sort of like the person who is like your number one or possible number one? Like, was he always up there? Because it seemed like at the beginning there was like a real connection and then you're like... I'm going to see if there's any other connection with anybody else Mm -hmm. Um, at the, not the detriment, but just sort of like Vince then had to learn how to tolerate that really uncomfortable uh, feeling that a lot of like dating reality love shows have, where like you start to have feelings for somebody, but then you see, you know, you, Katie going on dates with other people. Um, And that's when you can crack because Mm -hmm. that is not a typical thing that you're going to experience in life. Right. And you're going to see like, it's, and it also felt like F boy Island was like very small. It was a very Mm -hmm. small Island so that when you went on a date, maybe that was just 15 feet away. Like you're (laughs) just like sitting on the bench while they're sitting on the couch and they could like see you on the date. Uh, So it felt like really cramped as well. Uh, When Vince was maybe like having a difficult time going through that, how did you feel about that?
1: I mean, I wasn't really aware of it, you know, when he's Mm. having his moments, I'm like on a date, you know?
0: Right.
1: And and I think Vince and our moments together seem to feel very confident in our connection because I do uh, obviously have some experience in dating multiple men in this setting. And so I do try to make sure that they feel, you know, valued and appreciated in our one on one time and not bring up really the other guys. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't until I was watching it back that I was like, oh shoot, he was kind of spiraling at times. And so that was interesting to kind of watch back.
0: Mm -hmm. He was spiraling and I was also impressed with his like, he's just going to fucking deal with it. Mm -hmm. Like there's not much you can do about that except for like get through the day, you know, and sometimes the guys were supportive and sometimes they weren't really supportive. Um, But I but I was like happy that he was able to work through it on his own terms. Um, Was there was there like anything, whether it's like Bachelor, Bachelorette or F-boy was there anything that happened on those shows that felt like unethical or not okay to you that rubbed you the wrong way at all?
1: Not for me necessarily i think I think there's been a lot of changes you know over the years of reality t v in terms of limiting alcohol consumption limiting um, uh, not limiting but making sure you have consent for what is happening. Um, just a lot of rules in place to protect you know, the contestants and the show. And so okay. for me, my experience felt, uh, very safe and what I would hope for. Okay. Like the things I would complain about, is was like, oh, I just didn't get enough sleep, you know, and that, that's a challenging thing, of course, but, uh, also kind of expected when you're on a strict filming schedule, but overall it was, yeah. it was a good experience.
0: Yeah. Are you all... Or like on the bachelor and bachelorette, like that first night that you're meeting all the, you know, twenty-five to thirty-one guys or whatever, like are you up all night all the way into the morning? Is that how it works?
1: Yes. I had to be ready at four PM um, the night of the limo entrances. And then I didn't go to bed until eleven AM the next Holy day, shit. which <laughs> I didn't even know I was physically capable of doing. And yeah. like at one point I just like I'm switching to just Red Bull and I'm like Ugh. running on I don't even I don't even know what. Yeah. <laughs> so after that, I've I've since learned like don't judge people on TV because there's a chance they are like half sleep talking right now. Yeah. And they're irritable. So totally. just give them a little bit of grace.
0: hmm Yeah. Uh how long was it like so when F Boy Island ended until now, like how long has it been?
1: We finished filming, I feel like early August. It was like a month of filming.
0: Okay. And so, and so
1: now December.
0: Yeah. So is that like three three or yeah. four months?
1: I'm yeah. like, let me do the math. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> um, are you and Vince still dating?
1: No. We um, both had been on um, a dating show in the past, so we kind of knew what was required to make it work, mm-hmm. and that was um, momentum and a foundation. And mm-hmm. so as soon as we were done filming, luckily he lived in LA. I lived in San Diego. Mm-hmm. He was able to visit me in San Diego. And for about a month after filming, we you know actively dated, um, went on dates. I spent time with him in LA. He spent time here. And then we also went to Vegas. So like a neutral territory. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after a month of dating, it just, um, and they, they dating even feels like, I want to almost say pursuing, you know, it's like, People think like, oh, they're in love and it's a girlfriend, boyfriend. You know, I think people put too much weight on what the reality is of that connection mm-hmm. because the way I describe it is it's kind of like summer camp or like a mm-hmm. cruise. Like, yeah, you, you, you met and you're in your high of these emotions, but now you're in the real world. What does mm-hmm. it look like in the real world? Let's go on a few dates and see what it is like, you know. And, yeah. um, for For me, I just couldn't – I couldn't get – to that next step with him. Like it just, it, it was cool equivalent of like, you know, maybe date four or five, you know? And by mm. then you're like, all oh, right, either you're like committed or you're like, that was nice, but I'm looking for something different. And that's kind of where I stood.
0: Is there like, do you want to like add any more context to that? Do you, th- do, you do you want to like get into it a little bit about like why you think maybe it didn't work out for you too?
1: You know, I think one thing I've learned especially even with my relationship with Vince is Vince is really great. Like on paper, he's, he's this lawyer out of LA. He's ready to settle down. He's, he's the typical like white picket fence golden retriever vibe, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's really great for somebody. But I think what I've learned for me is, um, you know, I'm in the world of comedy now and I'm with a bunch of like beautiful weirdos as I call them. And it's, it's such a unique world. And, and I'm surrounded by so many funny and entertaining people And I need someone that I can can feel that way with. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, Benedict, he's the comic. You know, it's like Benedict was never going to be my person. I knew that even before finding out he was an F boy, Mm. you know. Um, But for me, I I think um, my my executive producer is like, you need someone a little more edgy. And I Mm. think that's what it is. I think Vince is very um, like perfect in his own way, Mm -hmm. um, but not for me, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. I need – I need a little, a little weird. I think I need a little weird person in my life. And I think Vince might just be a little too normal for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that like people watching the show can understand that. And that's not a dig on Vince. Not right? At all. Yeah. It just happens to be like, that's the type of match that you're looking for. And it wasn't quite there. It sounds like there was, it looked like also that there was like a lot of, Green flags, a lot of good things, a lot of good in the connection that was already there. But there was like this extra parts, you know, the edginess, the beautiful weirdos um, that maybe like, I don't know, either like he doesn't go to that place. That's not his vibe or he can't hang in that space. Or also like it's probably like that's one of your love languages or something to be able to like connect with somebody in that kind of space. And if Vince can't get there... That's, you know, that's, that's okay. Not everybody can get there.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the hard part in dating is like, and it's happened to me before where you're like, there's so many good things about this person. I wish, I wish it was them, you know, mm -hmm. but you know, there's, there's more than those surface level things of what someone needs to be long-term, you know, like, sure. He has a great job. He's a perfect age. He wants to settle down, but like, you got to really have a good personality match that is entertaining every day, you know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, and that you are motivated to problem solve with and be with and, and have fun with, you know, and, right. and like I said, he's great, but I just think I need a little, it's a little different.
0: Did you have some like inkling, like on the show that maybe that part was possibly lacking or did you not really find that out until after the show is done?
1: For me, it was after the show, you know, like we are now in the real world and um, I remember we went and had like a picnic. And I just remember like sitting in silence and sometimes it's like some people you can enjoy the silence with and you're like, that's when you know you have a good person. And then sometimes you're like, well, wow, this is really just an awkward silence, <laughs> you know? And I think for me it was then, and I was trying to be like giving the benefit of the doubt of like, well, we're, we're still learning. We're new, you know? And, um, but for me, that was like the first time where I was like, oh my gosh, like I can't even enjoy the silence with him. You know, what does this look like? And, you know, we went to Vegas and again, we, during our, our drinking moments in Vegas, super fun during our sober moments in Vegas, the connection was just a little different, you know? And I was like, I don't like that. I don't want that. I want Mm -hmm. someone I can be, um, silly with at all times, you know? Yeah.
0: Did he notice that there was a bit of a mismatch during those times as well?
1: You know, I was, I was always transparent, um, like every step of the way. So when, um, when the decision was made to no longer see each other, he wasn't necessarily blindsided. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think he took on more responsibility than he should have. You know, he's like, I'm sorry. I didn't you know, show up for you the way that I should have. But he, he really did. I think, I don't think he did anything wrong. You know, I think we communicated the entire time of like, you know, let's just start over, you know, like let's pretend like the, the reality show didn't happen and let's just like date in the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and we talked about, you know, like what would have happened had we met in the real world versus this, like, you know, heightened TV version of our meetup, you know.
0: Oh, what do you um, think would have happened?
1: You know, it's hard to know. It, it The thing of dating in the real world, you know, we talked about if we had crossed paths at like a music festival and, and he's with his friends, I'm with mine, and we get to meet in a very like neutral setting and, and take it slow and get to know each other, you know. Um, would the outcome have been the same? I, I do believe so, you know, but we, um, I think we could have, built like a friendship first and then decided Mm -hmm. to pursue it romantically if that was an option. Mm -hmm. Whereas on the show, it's like by the end of it, we're both like, I love you. (laughs) Let's go home.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it sounds like I think that you both after the show, especially like showed up authentically to see if this was going to be a match. So it's not that... He let you down. It's just that like authentically it just wasn't 100% a good fit for you two. And that was that. And it sounds like you were the one that kind of like pointed that out or talked about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think for me I gave it a month and then was like I just don't see this changing. I think he probably would have hoped we would try harder longer.
0: Mm -hmm. But again,
1: I think I'm just in a place where I know what I want. And I gave it a shot and it just wasn't what I'm looking for long-term.
0: Yeah. Good for you. Like it's important to be upfront and direct when you're dating, especially when you feel like something is off or it's not a good match. And it's hard – uh, you, you know for like someone like vince or actually vince being like wait hold on like it's there's probably a part of it's it just like maybe i should wait and hold on and see what's going on but there was this bigger part of you that like knew that in the end it wasn't the right thing for you so like kudos to you that's impressive
1: thank you, you know?
0: thank you mm-hmm. are you how are you feeling about are you like bummed are you grieving it or do you feel okay? i mean
1: in the moment i felt bad you know because it's like we go through this whole experience hoping to find love. But again, it's, I think love is just going to happen no matter like where it's meant to happen, you know? So could it work on F4 Island? Sure. Did it work for me? No. (laughs) You know? Um, But you know, I'm at a point in my life where, you know, I'm 32. I know what I'm looking for and I'm going to be able to easily, I think, recognize that sooner than when I was younger and and kind of unsure of who I was or what I wanted. And so Mm -hmm. I just don't Want to waste my time or someone else's if it's not something I see being a long-term successful relationship.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's a very like mature, ethical way to date, <laughs> and yes. which which is funky though because like you're going, you've been on these like love reality shows where sometimes the maturity level isn't very high, uh, mm-hmm. and so you're like you're ethical, you're also like really sex positive, and you like believe in direct communication, and we love to see it. Um, but it's, like, it's it's almost, like, conflicting sometimes with what goes on on those shows. Uh, and it, it also seems like on F-Boy and on Bachelors, um, the producers, you know, like we're talking about, like, they know what they're doing and they sort of construct these uh, situations or dates where, like, adrenaline is going to be pumping, dopamine is going to be going off- like going crazy in your head you're in these like very new maybe like amazing lovely situations. sometimes traveling if you're like on a bachelor season that's doing that um and there's cameras pointed at you and you're competing or there's people competing for you there's so many like factors that are going to make you feel like you're in love or feel like the relationship is further along than it really is possibly Mm -hmm. And, and it seems like you're saying that like you know, this is kind of like your third time through on a dating reality. So like you were aware of that effect. Yes. But do you like on F boy with Vince, did you, was there a part of you that like forgot about it a little bit and thought that maybe you were like further along? Cause you're saying like, really it was maybe like date four or five, but did you think that in the moment?
1: I don't think I thought that way in the moment. I think it kind of hit me after, like you said, like when the adrenaline kind of goes away. And Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that I was reflecting on is, you know, while we're filming, we're, we're drinking, you know, like, and while we do have limits on our drinking, there's still this element of this like crutch of like helping get over the nerves or maybe being a little more silly together. And it's mm-hmm. like one of my biggest rules is I say, don't fall in love drunk, you know, cause like mm-hmm. what's going to happen when you're now sober. Mm-hmm. And that's something I wish that reality shows maybe focused on, or maybe I don't want to use the word challenge because it shouldn't be, but like, I think a lot of reality shows there's alcohol involved. So what happens when you throw these two people and a seventy-two hour window of no drinking. Do they have anything in common? Are they having fun? Is it awkward for them? Mm-hmm. So that was something that I think is a challenge in in filming a, a love story. Is you're in this this high, this high state of uh, what's not real. If that even makes sense.
0: <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, I, I I understand what you're saying. And then you have to like, I would imagine it's jarring to come back to reality. Um, And not be like, you know, a little bit of love drunk, a little bit of adrenaline, a lot of dopamine hitting like there's sort of this manufactured honeymoon phase that's created on the show. Right. And you're buying into it because you want to trust the process. You want to have fun. The producers are egging you on a bit. Like, you know, so I get it. I think that I would want to like allow myself to really experience all this stuff in a classic sort of love dating reality show kind of way. And then all of a sudden it ends. Mm -hmm. Is there like, is there just, is there like a grieving process not like not so much about the relationship but just like a grieving process of like this was the stage of our relationship and now there's a completely different stage and that's hard to transition into
1: oh yeah i mean it, it almost it's weird because it almost feels like you're dating a stranger because you mm-hmm. know this person you know vince for example from the reality show and now you're in the whole new setting i mean mm-hmm. even with blake you know, I hadn't talked to him for two years and then I saw him this summer on F or on um, Bachelor in Paradise uh-huh. and something about making this, you know, one day appearance in the setting where we first met with the cameras, as weird as it is, it felt like nostalgic and it felt like warm and fuzzy of like, oh, this, this is our, our home, you know, of, of where mm-hmm. our love started. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, then you throw us in the real world and it's like, oh, but we didn't fall in love in the real world. We fell in love in, in the TV world, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: hmm Mm-hmm. That's sad. I, I don't I feel sad that like <laughs> your like your heart or brain gets fooled into thinking that like, wait a second, maybe this is really and then you like go into the real world and find out that it's actually not the match that you wanted it to be. That's
1: yeah. I, I wish I wish I think the bachelor could be more successful if people lived in the same city. Kind of like uh Love is Blind, you know? Because mm-hmm. the biggest challenge after filming is you're no longer on the same, you know, vicinity and you have to coordinate travel and seeing each other. And if you're, you know, with Blake and I, we were in different countries during COVID. So hmm. it's like, well, good luck with that, Katie, mm-hmm. you know? And so uh, that is the, the tough part for sure. I mean, the show has successful stories, but it, it takes a lot of work and that's hard to do when you don't have any foundation to, to begin with.
0: Yeah. it's interesting. It doesn't feel like they really... Set you up for success afterwards. Do you feel like discarded by the show, or I mean, are you expecting them to kind of like set you up in some sort of way, emotionally, mentally?
1: I mean, they they coordinate what's called happy couples, which are these like private um, meetups, basically. Um, because that's the other hard part: we finish filming, but then we can't be even seen with each other. Right, and so you know. <laughs> Some people follow the rules. I know Blake and I did, for example, but then other people, they're, like, they're sneaking away to see each other because, like, I can't only see this person who I'm newly engaged to, you know, once a month for the next three months. That's insane, you know? Right.
0: Yeah. Ugh. This process is, like, feels so, like, not conducive. To a really good, healthy, long-term match when it comes down to it. Like you'd have to be really lucky. You'd have to be really deliberate about how you're handling everything yeah. on air time afterwards and then transitioning back into reality. I don't know. Do you think that it's it's like <laughs> like uh, your chances are worse or better if you're on a dating uh, reality show compared to just sort of like normally dating?
1: <sighs> I, I, do, I feel like I, it's the same almost. I don't know because it's like – The people who have made it work, you're like, you really respect them. You're like, dang, you guys Mm -hmm. really had to go through a lot to be this successful and this long and be married with kids, you know? Mm -hmm. But I also think that's just like dating in the real world. It's like sometimes you're lucky and it hits and you find that perfect person. And then sometimes you walk into a bar and it's 30 guys that you just know are not going to be your match, you know? And that's Mm -hmm. just the cards that you're dealt with. And so, you know, you do your best and you hope for the best, but you're – You don't know unless you try. So you just got to stay open to love, whether it's on TV or in your real world.
0: Right. Yeah. And this is like the wrong... Term to you, or the wrong, wrong word to use, I think, but it, it, it's almost like it's like this sort of manufactured trauma bond or something like this incredibly unique experience that's totally fucking wild. And then if you do fall in love with somebody or multiple people, uh, but eventually you, you, you choose one person, that's going that like that unique experience that you share together is going to keep you together for a certain amount of time because nobody else understands what right. you two went through. So that's a really special bond that's created I would imagine is that more so for like the bachelor franchise than f boy island
1: yeah you know I think at least I noticed with the bachelor franchise a lot of people that stand out have a story Mm -hmm. to tell and again that's fine like this is this is tv you're making a good show you want to highlight the widow you want to highlight the person Mm -hmm. whose father passed away you know like these are stories that get people emotionally invested Mm -hmm. in these contestants you know but on FBoy Island, we don't ha- – we're not focused on these like heavy conversations of, of religion and politics and upbringing. Like it's just it's – so, it's so casual,
0: mm-hmm. you know.
1: But there is a level of um, this emotional bond. You know, I remember my date with Greg was focused around my dad who had passed away and mm-hmm. Greg's dad had passed away. So then at mm-hmm. some point we share that and we're crying. And this is a first date. That's not – that's not a normal first date. You know, you don't you don't typically just share all of that, you know, right away and then sob together. That's a lot, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of sobbing together, we have fireworks going off. And so yeah, of course we're just really connected very early on.
0: Yeah, for sure. Huh. Does it feel like the like the contestants on the show, like do they understand that like some of these things are kind of manufactured and they shouldn't trust all of their feelings that they're experiencing? Or do they just sort of like allow themselves to get carried away with that?
1: I feel like for a lot of us, we realize it after the fact. I think in mm-hmm. the moment you're you're drinking the Kool-Aid and you're really just trusting the process. And mm-hmm. then afterwards you get to talk to your friends and family. You're back into your real world and have this like reality check of like, wait a minute, what the heck was that? You know? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you guys all kind of bond afterwards of like yeah we all thought we were in love, but we were just tired and hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Is there like uh do you think that being on these shows has changed your approach to dating just personally in your personal life
1: i mean it hasn't it hasn't helped improve my approach to dating necessarily because now I'm in this weird world of like I'm a public figure like people know me before I get to know them you know and and then some guys can be intimidated by that they're like oh you have an audience and what's that like and um or are people trying to date me because they think it's cool or they're like a secret fan you know so if anything it's it's hurt my dating life as a as a single person It's like how do I how do I approach mm-hmm. dating now mm-hmm. you know um I don't know that I've improved <laughs> how I date, mm-hmm. um, except that I just, I've dated so many people at this point. Like I said, I, I kind of know what I'm looking for.
0: Yeah. All in all, like be like becoming therapy, Jeff and getting all the followers and everything that has maybe allowed me to go on more dates <laughs> than usual, but yeah. it's been a net negative in that there's <laughs> like, uh, like you're sort of saying there's this projection, or this parasocial relationship, like they think they have a relationship with me, they think they know me, and so yeah. they 're imagining that they 're going to get like the therapy jaff that shows up on their screen or something. They also might think that like i 'm a and i'm i 'm amazing at being in relationships and while I think i 'm pretty good like i 'm still like i 'm going to have flaws and imperfections, a red flag or two, so sure. there 's like there's a real like fall from grace that can happen where like, you think it might be amazing to date somebody like me. And then you're just like, Oh, you're just like a normal fucking person that is pretty goddamn annoying (laughs) sometimes. Right. (laughs) So then, so then you have to kind of like deal with that. And, and I might, I don't know if this is what you do, but like, I sort of like, I'm going to question, I I, I would rather you not know me. I'd rather you have like no experience of me at all so that we can like really see if we're a good match. But sometimes I get to the point where like there's, that's just not really possible um, because I go viral so much, you know, this
1: (laughs) must be nice.
0: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Do you, do you have that sort of same thing going on where like you would rather date somebody that has no idea who you are?
1: Yeah. I think in the past year, the people that I've had the most, I guess, success in, in pursuing, you know, it, it didn't work out eventually, but, um, we the ones who didn't know who I was. Obviously mm-hmm. they find out, you know, my background, you can only hide that for so long, but mm-hmm. they didn't watch the show. They don't know what my personality is on TV. They're just getting to know me in a real life setting. And mm-hmm. those have been my favorite connections because they're getting to know me as Katie and not me as Katie, the bachelorette, Katie from the bachelor, you know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah like like you said it is kind of hard because you can't avoid it you know at some point you follow each other on social media i'm sure people are googling your names you know being right. like what's what's coming up and you know you can't you can't hide it it's like yeah i was on mm-hmm. it was on tv so mm-hmm.
0: are there were there certain like edits that they made in any of the shows that you felt really uncomfortable with or disappointed with like how they portrayed you
1: I mean, I think overall I was portrayed accurately. It's, like, minor things where, like, when uh, Greg and I had our big falling out, you know, and I can't necessarily go into detail, but you watch it and it's, like, to me it's so obvious how spliced things are where I'm, like, Mm -hmm. you can tell, like, one moment someone's crying, one moment they're not, Mm -hmm. but it's painted in a way that, like, people are like, Katie, what are you doing, you know? And I'm like, I'm not, (laughs) you know? And and also, like, the connections people really – Put a lot of weight on um, in terms of like who who I should be with, as if they know me better than myself you know they 're oh, that person was her true final pick, and it 's like that story will never die. People are always going to have their opinions on who I should have picked. I mean, even with F Boy Island, I'm still getting questions of like, do you regret not picking Benedict? Are right. you going to choose Benedict now? You know, it's like, mm-hmm. God, I I can't do reality TV dating anymore. I just can't. <laughs> Ugh,
0: yeah. I would imagine you are probably pretty burnt out. And what what is it like, like... uh, do you get really frustrated with like everybody having an opinion on who you should or should not date? Like, do you, is that fun sometimes? Or are you just like, I don't want to fucking hear it anymore?
1: You know, I think it impacted me a lot more in the beginning, especially during a time when I was like engaged to Blake and people are right. still having their opinions saying it, it shouldn't have been Blake. And that's hurtful for our relationship when it's like, this is my fiance at the time,
0: mm-hmm. you know?
1: And I mean, now I'm at a point where I'm just like, Whatever, you know, especially like F Boy Island, that was such a casual show that like have fun with it, have your opinions, you know. Um, I didn't think I would do reality dating again, but this one, like I said, had at least money on the line. So I was like, Well, mm-hmm. I'll do it for that, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. But if
1: I was to ever be asked to be like on The Bachelor again or anything similar, unless there's a paycheck tied to I it, <laughs> I don't it's not worth the emotional damage <laughs> of going through it again.
0: Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Looking back, would you, like, if you could give your, uh, pre-show self some advice for like the bachelor franchise stuff, would you, what kind of advice would you give yourself?
1: I mean, that's tough because in a way everything worked out really well for me, you know, like Mm -hmm. sure. I don't have a husband at the moment, but it allowed me the opportunity to then become the bachelorette. And, and now I have this new life that I'm in, um, I don't, I, I don't know that I have any, cause everything I did, I'm, I'm happy I did it. You know, like mm-hmm. for example, I, I know I was like reading Reddit a lot initially, oh. you know, and and yeah, and as scary <laughs> as that is and as damaging as that is, it also for me personally helped me have thicker skin because you start to see these and you're like, you start to train yourself like, who are these strangers? And, you know, and, the, and they're mm-hmm. anonymous for a reason and, mm-hmm. and these people don't matter. So it's like even the bad stuff that you do or the mistakes that you make along the way shape you and teach you something to who you are today, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that's a really good, like, balanced uh, way to look at it, a good, healthy narrative to have. There's – I've – I mean, uh, I I do my best to, like, stay out of, like, the Reddit forums because there's just – you know, there's some of those, like, there's like some amazing message boards on Reddit, right. like incredibly supportive communities, a lot of like honesty that maybe you wouldn't get outside of Reddit or in the real world or something, but there can also be like really like angry people or trolls just being mean. And yeah. there's, there's for a little while, I was like really curious about what is the worst stuff that anyone can say about me. Um, almost in this, like, Uh, emotional self harm of just like, give it to me. I just want to hear all the horrible things that you can come up with. Did did you ever experience that of just being incredibly curious?
1: I mean, I definitely didn't. I didn't want to hear bad stuff. I, you know, I want, I think wants to be liked, you know, so it's like, oh, what are the nice things people are saying? But Mm -hmm. then you come across and it's unfortunate. You come across one bad thing for every five nice things and you, you're sad and you you shouldn't be. You're like, there was just five nice things someone said. And you're focused on that one bad thing, Mm -hmm. you know, and at the end of the day, you have to remember who you are. And if you're proud of who you are, then these opinions don't matter, you know? And, um, for me. Like you said, Reddit sometimes can be fun. Like there's there's a lot of humor in Reddit and that's mm. the parts that I enjoy. But mm-hmm. then there's a lot of like toxic uh, narratives out there that are really damaging. Um, so you try to, you know, limit, limit your previews of those pages. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Last question. Do you think that viewers maybe have like some sort of like uh, misconception about dating reality shows that you think you might want to like – clear up for everybody?
1: I mean, it's, I assume it's just obvious, but I think the biggest thing is people put too much weight on, on where those people really are at in their relationship. You know, Mm. people get really mad when the relationships end or really shocked when someone moves on too quickly. And it's like, you guys, if you were to put this in real life dating, they really don't spend a lot of time together. Everything Mm -hmm. is heightened. Everything is on fast forward, you know, and, and you, you, hope that these people are being authentic and they are in the moment of the show, but then reality hits and you're back in your real world and it's the emotion shift. And I think people need to realize, you know, as, as long as the show looks like it was filmed for the last three months, it's like the show was filmed in, in four weeks. And of those four weeks, they probably spent eight hours with that person. You know, yeah. it's like, what do you expect? Like they're, they're just getting to know each other now. And And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I think that's a good point. And you're, so you're in San Diego now. Are you, and you're like in the comedy scene, right? You're doing your comedy. Yes. Yes. Are you moving to LA to continue doing comedy? You are. Yeah. When is that happening?
1: um, Well, I actually had found an LA place and then last minute it didn't work out. So I had to break the lease, which was annoying because finding a place is just a challenge in itself. So now I'll wait for after the holidays, continue the search again, because I just, I have to like, it's just calling me. I just have to be in LA, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) which I never thought I would say. I never thought I would say that, but it's such an electric city with amazing people. And, um, I just can't wait to be immersed into that new scene over there.
0: Yeah. I mean, I you know, San Diego is pretty close to LA, but there's also, there's like somewhat of a comedy scene up here in Portland, Oregon. But like the really good comics quickly do not stay in Portland for very long. They like get down to L.A. to really figure out like, can I hack this? How funny am I? I want to make connections um, and really kind of like concentrate on comedy. And yeah, so I think that, yeah, that's a great move for you. And I'm excited to continue watching your career. Do you want to tell people like where they can find you if they want to learn more about you?
1: Yeah. I mean, just follow me at the Katie Thurston on Instagram or TikTok. Although, you know, TikTok's not as active, but yeah. <laughs> you can find me on social media somewhere. I'm actually yeah. pretty uh, interactive with my followers. So that's always a very fun thing for me.
0: Nice. Okay. It was really good talking to you. Thank you so much for being on the show and being like incredibly honest and vulnerable. I love to see that.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for having me.